This is Boba Fett, a.k.a. Mark Anthony Austin, on Green Jet Ski Podcast. Welcome to the Green Jet Ski Podcast. I'm Noah. Thanks for joining me. That track you hear right there is from Vincent Santa Maria. That's right. And love that he gave his blessings to use the track Hope Dies Last. Check out more of his film score compositions, vincentsaint.com. Again, that's vincentsaint.com. Well, I'm excited because if you followed my uh, broadcast podcast transition, you have known that in the uh, old realm, on the ATC radio show, I would talk to you on a regular basis, one Mark Anthony Austin, talking cinema and streaming and behind the scenes of movies. One of the greatest people, greatest minds, I think, on a lot of those things. He's a pre- and post-viz supervisor, a cinematographer, animator, director, writer, and of course, you know him as Boba Fett in that little small picture, Star Wars, A New Hope special edition. And now he is back on the Green Jet Ski podcast. Mark, how you doing, my friend? I am doing very good. I am enjoying my countdown to the holidays. I am at home spending time with family. And uh, yet all my shopping list is fulfilled and presents bought. I'm in a good place right now. Good man. Good man. You're not running out on Christmas Eve, uh, getting a headache, trying to get everybody accounted for. So you're not going to be in the UK this this holiday season right here at home. In California, I am. I'm going to be right here in Los Angeles, yeah, because I went to the UK in summer and had my UK visit. For, I had to go there for a wedding. And so I think my UK family were originally going to come here, but they had a change of plan. And so it's just a, a small affair this year. Okay. Well, smaller affairs are always nice, too. That was kind of our Thanksgiving, our Christmas. I would scare you if I said how many places we were going in about three days. So I'll, I'll leave that off the table. But our Thanksgiving was right here in our uh, home base here. Uh, loved that. Before we get to the topic at hand, which is Rebel Moon, Zack Snyder's Rebel Moon. I know we got different takes on it, which is great. And the next James Bond. You've been doing some convention work more than normal. Tell us about that, how that's been going for you. Uh, yeah, I've been jetting around a lot to the East Coast this year, which is somewhere I don't really usually get to visit. Um, but, yeah, I've had a lot of visits to the East Coast, uh, some in Southern California uh, and some in Northern California. So while I've had a kind of a break in my work schedule, I've taken... Well, I know people love seeing you. You have a lot of fans out there. And so to be able to just shake their hand, take a photo with them, I know it brings you great joy because you always give back to the to the fan base, which I have so appreciated over, over the years. Yeah, I think it's very important to keep that relationship alive and well because they share the same passions as I do. And it's really nice to kind of meet people with that same kind of mind meld. Did you hear? I, this isn't even on the agenda, and it just hit my brain. Did you hear the news? Uh, as a man in the Mandalorian armor yourself, I, I have to get your opinion on this. So it is now said that in some capacity, they're going to kind of shift, and Pedro Pascal might not necessarily be in the armor uh, as it stands for the Mandalorian for Din Djarin coming at season four. What do you think about that? Um. Well... For a, a character that doesn't take its helmet off, and I know from personal experience, 
Yes. Uh, you can get away a lot with, with who is in the costume. So, you know, uh, it's it. I don't think it will affect the series too much. You probably won't even notice because if you look at most of those shots in the Mandalorian three seasons, they a lot of them weren't Pedro. So. Mm-hmm. I just hope they I know they did some shifting last season where he wasn't necessarily the main character for part of it. I'm just hoping that that doesn't continue in season four because I have come to really like the character. I I think he's right up there in my mind with Han Solo, Anakin Skywalker and Boba Fett. I think he's very endearing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does bring a lot to the show, uh, you know, obviously, but I don't think uh, people are going to be that impacted by his absence too much and you're speaking specifically just presence of not being in the suit not the character right yeah because um you know most of the time uh he is i mean I, I'm, I'm taking it he's still going to be providing the voice the last i read yeah he he's going to be doing the voice my concern was what i just mentioned there at the end and, and i don't know maybe that it, it won't be at this season but towards the end of season three's end they kind of shifted away from him being a main character and he was more of like a supporting role. And I'm just hoping that doesn't continue because I like the character. No, true. Um, he does bring that kind of, you know, that personality comes through. Um, fingers crossed. We won't be uh, disappointed. And I'm still waiting for the Mark Anthony Austin appearance. So am I, so am I. Well, let's get into rebel moon, which is the, the divisive topic movie of just about everywhere. Either you like Zack Snyder or you don't. He, Definitely has is an acquired taste from a cinematic standpoint. And there was an advanced special release in theaters on December 15th. I was all excited about it. I was getting ready to buy my tickets. And then I'm like, oh, it's in Los Angeles and a couple of other cities. So it was up in your neck of the woods. Couldn't go see it. So I have to wait till it drops tomorrow. But I have seen the trailer about 17 times. I think visually it looks spectacular. Uh, mixed reviews are already in on Rotten Tomato. There's Chewie, if you hear him in the background. He's, you know, fending off uh, the Imperials. Uh, but Rotten Tomatoes has it about 25% from critics, 72% from fans, and I think Rebel Moon Part 1 has been divisive thus far. Uh, what are your thoughts on some of his past works? 300, Man of Steel, which I really like Man of Steel. I think it's his best work by far. Great story, great development, great characters, and other films in the DC comic universe. Have you enjoyed them, Mark? Um, I did really fall in love with 300, his first movie. Mm. And for me, that is my favorite movie of his. Uh, the only thing is that um, since that movie, he tends to be visually amazing. Uh, the visual eye candy is off the charts. I just find that he draws out usually the story a bit too long, a bit too much, tries to put too much into the story sometimes. And my thinking is that the reason that he was so successful with 300 is because he had that Frank Miller roadmap to follow. Mm. Um, I'm hoping, 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 uh, especially for the fans that are uh, excited about this Rebel Moon, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I'm hoping that the critics uh, with their 25% are wrong and that, you know, the, uh, you know, the fans will enjoy it, but I do have reservations. I must be honest. 
And that's the thing. And I've heard a lot from the that 25% that have some of them have said all of the best stuff, all of the really great stuff, it's all in the trailer and that's it. And that concerns me because I have seen not even Zack Snyder. I've seen numerous movies like that. And I mean, it's a great way to market a movie. You want butts and seats. But at the same time, I mean, you, you have to build that story. He was going to pitch this as a Star Wars movie where there's already an established universe, which would have helped him, I believe. For whatever reason, Disney turned him down. And now he's got to come up with the universe, the planets, the characters, the stories all on his own. And time will tell if when this drops on Netflix tomorrow night, uh, as we're recording this, if he's got it there. And I hope he does. I'm thinking with the f part one, the biggest hurdle, apart aside from story, I mean, the story has to be there. You can have a movie that is looks terrible, but the story is good and it becomes a good movie. You can't make a movie with just visuals. If the story is not there, the film is not going to work. He has to not only consolidate a great story he has to make us invest and fall in love with the characters and that is another one of the critics points that i'm worried about that they said they weren't emotionally invested in his characters the way he developed them so again i hope i'm wrong fingers crossed i'm hoping i'm not going to be one of these critics that walked out of the of the movie and that, you know, uh, it's going to entertain me and it's going to be a, a Zack Snyder roller coaster. Well, and that's what George Lucas did. You mentioned characters and getting people to fall in love with the characters. He did that brilliantly. That's why people, not just that it was sci-fi, not that it visually, even for practical effects purposes, looked great. You, every everybody's got their favorite character, but I think most Star Wars fans can agree, we love them all. Correct. And... The thing is, you mentioned about the trailer. The thing is, you can make a great trailer from the worst movie. Right. The worst movies that you, you've watched and you absolutely can rip apart. You can take pieces from it and you can make a great-looking trailer. The trailers nowadays, you cannot trust them. So as much as I, I hate critics, I hate I hate that where they can be very destructive, unnecessarily so sometimes, but... You know, the, the trailers, I'm, I'm not sure you can trust the trailer nowadays. No, because there's there's even some trailers out, Mark, and I know you know what I'm talking about, where there's things in the trailer that you don't see in the movie. Mm -hmm. Because they use footage that is available at that time, yep. scenes that are in the movie at that time. And on the editing floor, some of these scenes that they've taken and used for the trailer aren't in the movie, like you said. Noah here on the Green Jet Ski Podcast. Mark Anthony Austin is my guest. Go to markanthonyaustin.com. And more specifically, he loves his YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube and go to Boba Fett, A-N-H-S-E. You can also see some of his great artwork there. He is a tremendous painter besides being the uh, the film aficionado that he is. Pre-posted his specialist, cinematographer, writer, director, and of course, Boba Fett and Star Wars A New Hope Special Edition. Now, yeah, the visual effects look great mark lots of soft focus which from a stylistic standpoint in the trailer looks good but i'm thinking if everything looks fuzzy for two hours two hours plus uh that might start to bother me a, a little bit that's another thing that i think people might have to accept that's going to be there yeah there's every every director has his own style i i actually love lens flare people Rag on uh, JJ, JJ Abrams for yeah overuse of lens flare. I love lens flare. Um, 
but I have heard lots of criticism about this movie in his overuse of slow-mo. And he has got a track record for some overuse of slow-mo. Slow-mo should be used for that pivotal moment. And yep. it just seems to be he find an excuse to use it too many times. So you kind of wonder, well, where was the, which one was the pivotal moment? You know, yeah. um, we use visual uh, camera work to identify moments like that. Like uh, Hitchcock would use an orbiting camera to make the audience feel uneasy because there was something about to happen. There was something not right about this moment. Um, it's best to use it for those specific climax moments. And so I'm hoping that, um, that he hasn't overused it, basically. Yeah. Yeah, to, to use it as, like you said, to heighten moments and make the tension build, it's a great tool. But if you're using it all the time, you're like, what is going on here? So Rebel Moon Part 1 has uh, several reviews that you can get on Rotten Tomatoes. I'm going to share one and just get your quick reaction, and then we're going to switch gears real quickly. Um, but I think this sums up what people like Zack Snyder and why they don't like Zack Snyder, depending on if you like his style, because he is, I believe, an acquired taste Mark happens to be more on the critical side. I happen to like Zack Snyder, uh, especially Man of Steel. That's a great Superman movie. Uh, but the review is this from Winley Ma from Perth Now. Rebel Moon Part 1, A Child of Fire, is a derivative space opera that indulges in Snyder's worst maximalist impulses. It's a sensory assault, a punitive experience that can be summed up in one word, loud. And that's pretty much spot on. But again, that's why I like Zack Snyder, personal preference. I worked on a movie that was loud. That was a battleship. <laughs> that was a loud movie. And I, and, and the more I watch it, the, the less I, uh, the, the more it grows on me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that should be the way a movie works. It should be like we just mentioned uh, Lucas with 1977 Star Wars. When you came out of that movie, you felt like you'd been smacked around the head, but in a good way. You just wanted oh, yeah. to turn right and go straight back into that theater and see it again. And so uh, that's, for me, what a good movie is, one that instills your imagination where you can't stop thinking about it, you want to talk to, talk about it to your friends. That's a good movie. Um, let's hope that Rebel Moon is that. I'm definitely going to watch it. If you watch it over the holiday season, we'll reconvene for a review of it. I think that would be nice. Hey, there are lightsaber looking like things in it. So that's how you can kind of tell that he did pitch this to Lucasfilm and Disney because they are present in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I did notice that in the trailer at the very end. And hey, if Sir Anthony Hopkins is attached to it, and I know he is, just hearing his voice, I'm like, I mean, he does great work. Maybe there's something there there. Again, you can't really rely on <laughs> I know certain actors to save movies like I know. can't rely on trailers to save movies but uh, we'll see we'll see tomorrow we'll find out we will find out we will reconvene we'll do a review in the next couple of weeks hopefully with Mark Anthony Austin right here on the Green Jet Ski podcast check him out again on YouTube Boba Fett A-N-H-S-E so the question that's been going around actually probably for about the last year people are getting antsy Mark it's been about three years since Daniel Craig hung up the tuxedo and said, you know what? No more James Bond. I'm done. In my mind, I think he is the greatest James Bond ever. Yes, even greater than the awesome Sean Connery. Something 
rugged and real about the way Daniel Craig performs James Bond 007 and Casino Royale, I think, is still the greatest James Bond flick ever. But everybody says, who's the next James Bond going to be? And there's lots of people. Uh, Paul Mescal apparently is apparently the new favorite, according to Yahoo News and Tina Campbell at Evening Standard. A couple of other names that were dropped were uh, Reggie Jane Page, uh, Tom Hardy, Idris Elba, who I think would do an outstanding job, and Aaron Taylor Johnson. Uh, but then you hear also in the same article, a spokesperson for Eon Productions at MGM said, we do not comment on speculation. That's wise. We, we talked about this some time ago, and since we spoke about it, I've been racking my brain as to who I think would best fill those shoes, and, and, and I've yet to come up with a name. The names that I've seen thrown out, um, there's a couple that I think shouldn't work. Henry Cavill, he's already Superman. He can't be James Bond as well, I don't think. As much as I love Henry, he, to me, is the, the new Superman. But the one that um, was in the running that I thought was – Probably the best fit, if I had to choose between all the ones I could see listed, was uh, Richard Madden from Game of Thrones. Oh, yes. Uh, and Bodyguard. Uh, he seemed, just because uh, I feel like you need a face that you don't associate, you know, because, again, Henry you could associate with The Witcher, you know. Uh, That's true. You need a face that, that you can identify with James Bond and James Bond only. I think Daniel Craig came into the role early in his career where you could accept him as James Bond. Uh, there's another guy, Callum Turner, that's in for the running. He's kind of a fresh face, so he could possibly work in my eyes. But um, did you yeah, have a favorite? A did you have a favorite Bond uh, now that we've you know seen the changing of the guard uh, happening once again? Are you a you know OG Connery fan? Did you like the new fresh approach that Daniel Craig took like myself? I was I grew up with Roger Moore in the driver's seat. Mm -hmm. That was my kind Me of era too. of going to the cinema with James Bond. Can't be, but I love so it. Roger Moore was initially my favorite. Um, but then I always did love Goldfinger's my favorite James Bond ever. And that's Sean and I love Sean Connery as well. So it was always tied. I, I couldn't choose between Roger Moore and Sean Connery ever. But then Daniel Craig, like you said, he's brought this physicality to James Bond. James Bond, you know, really working physically mm -hmm. to do his job. And so I, I think it, for, for me, it's a three-way split. I can't I can't identify. Each one brings something different. Uh, Sean Connery, just for personality. Roger Moore, just for that suaveness. Roger was pretty smooth. Yeah, yeah. Roger was, a, and it's funny that Roger Moore hated, was absolutely abhorrent of guns. Mm -hmm. And yet he's associated nice with that gun with the Golden Seven. Yeah. And I, I heard that Daniel Craig hates running. And yet most of the Bond scenes, or 50% of them, he was required to run uh, yeah, yeah. 100 yards. Well, that's why but, I, um, it, yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't the last one, No Time to Die, which I loved as well. That was great. But the, the previous one before that, I believe Spectre, he's like, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore because physically, like you said, running and all the other stuff his body was maxed out he couldn't do it the fans talked him into doing it otherwise yeah i i mean like i said i think daniel has done a great job and he's going to be it's going to be tough to fill those shoes because he did do such a great job uh i would hate to be the person that follows him what do you think of and, and again he is known for something so maybe this does in your mind disqualify him which makes sense uh but i was was thinking a lot of 
and his name's not popping up as much anymore. It was in the beginning when the discussion started a couple of years ago. But he did Night Manager, which was a show that featured Tom Hiddleston as an English master of espionage. And a lot of people have said he would be perfect for the role of James Bond. What do you think about that? Because for me, I, I'm a Hiddleston lover. I'm, I'm his biggest fan. I think he is doing so many great things right now in cinema. Um, I am a big fan of his. Uh, I kind of equate him the same way as I equate to uh, Michael Fassbender. Mm-hmm. But those two characters uh, have, have done so many movies that I, like I said, I would really love to see some fresh face, uh, some, some new face come and knock it out of the park. Mm. But uh, I don't know. Um, it's a tough one. It's a tough one. I hate being asked this question. I know, and right? This is the second time you've done this to me. Exactly. <laughs> well, and you know what? It's it's because I think I keep checking. There's certain topics on movies I check every day, and this is typically one of them. And you're starting to see a lot more traction where I wake up every day. It's like five hours ago. There's this article. I think they're getting close to making a decision because they got to be at least ready to start making another movie. So it was worth talking about this once again before maybe they make that actual pick that I think probably they might choose somebody out of left field that we had didn't even think about that is my hope actually i'm hoping that uh, there's someone that's like i said that i I don't never seen them i don't associate anything with them other than they are james bond for me that would be uh kind of that is my personal uh, hope one thing that i've always wanted and i know they haven't worked on the story probably maybe they have worked on the story i don't know um but he said he would be opening to do it. I got to find the article. But Pierce Brosnan said he would come back and play a Bond villain at one point. And I'm like, sign me up. That would be spectacular. I think that would work. I think Pierce, <laughs> I love Pierce. Uh, and actually, I did like him as James Bond. He just didn't rank as high as the three I mentioned uh, in my mind anyway. But I did love Goldeneye. That was the best video game ever. It was a great game. That was a great game. You know, and we have preferences, but at the end of the day, I've just been a James Bond fan since I was a kid, and they're all great. There's not, I don't, I take that back. No, there is one Sean Connery Bond film I did not care for, Diamonds Are Forever. That that was a weird movie for me. I don't know why. But outside of that, I've loved them all. I thought he was going to say Never Say Never Again, because that's usually the one they uh, pick. Which is Thunderball 2, technically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the toupee. The obvious toupee was <laughs> just wasn't James Bond. Which is interesting because I, in I do like that film more than Diamonds Are Forever. So to bring Connery back one more time, I'm like, okay, thank you. He's redeemed himself. Toupee, not toupee, does not matter. Let's write a new chapter now. Yeah, no, I'm a big Connery fan, so um, I can't get enough of Connery movies. There is, oh God, Connery is perhaps, Sir Sean Connery. Did you ever see A League of Extraordinary Gentlemen? Yeah, yeah. That film doesn't get enough love. I loved him in that. Yeah, he was good in that. He was a. Uh, he's even good at the at the voice in uh, Dragonheart. You and know, then you watch Dragon Voice. And then you watch the other Dragonheart movies without him in it. I'm like, yeah, it's not the same. If you can't it's, bring it's that, that brogue, that Scottish brogue, it's just uh, it's perfect. Exactly. So what's going on before we uh, wrap up here? By the way, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we actually do have a Twitter for the show, which is Green Jet Ski Pod over on Twitter or X or whatever they call it. I've 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 lost track. It's it, it's social media is weird. Um, but what's going on with you, Mark, and uh, all the projects that you are working on? I know that um, 
There's some interesting things coming up at Netflix. I believe you're you're in transition, but uh, is there anything we should be aware of? Um, the only thing I can uh, plug, I guess, uh, and it's coming out next summer, is Ultraman Rising. And there is a trailer for Ultraman Rising, which actually doesn't do what a lot of trailers do, you know, kind of sugarcoat a bad movie. This is a great movie with a great trailer. You can see it on YouTube. Look for Ultraman Rising trailer. I was going to text you because I actually did watch the trailer, and I know you did put a lot of hard work into that. It looks pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. I'm pretty much looking forward to that. I mean, it was, this movie was great to work on in, in my stage, which is the early stages. But when I saw it all kind of final lit and final color, it just blew my mind. It just You don't know where to look on the screen. Every corner of the screen, you can stop that movie in, on any part of it, and your eyes will be visually excited. So... Um, I can't wait for its release. I'm not sure when it is. I've heard a rumor it's going to be summer of 2024. But um, yeah, the trailer's out. I'd recommend any everyone, everyone and anybody to go and look at that trailer. That's spectacular. Oh, it just hit me. I haven't asked you in a while, so I will just uh, impromptu ask you. No disintegrations. Any closer to a season two? I did actually get a Christmas card from, uh, from Aaron Proctor. And in it, Aside from the usual, you know, Happy Christmas, there was a, oh, actually, I can read it as a quote. He says at the bottom, uh, just picked up uh, one of the hurdles for No Disintegration Season 2, which is a massive green screen chipping away at the obstacles. So that sounds like they're actually coming to something, a script that's finished that we can uh, start shooting. That's exciting. That's very exciting. And what's the website one more time that people want to go see season one, which I highly recommend because it is, it's fun. You'll see what I mean. I'm not going to spoil it for you. If you haven't seen it more adventure adventures with Boba Fett, I believe it's noticeintegrations.tv. Correct. Yeah. Well, that's exciting. You got me. Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm jazzed about that. I wasn't expecting that in the Christmas card. So I'm right with you. That was a nice little Christmas present for you, Mark. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm, I'll ask you one more time. We'll definitely both watch the Rebel Moon and get back for a review in the next few weeks. Um, hopefully, we both love it. If you have to pick one actor, he's going to be James Bond. Just that's your guess. Who are you going to pick? Uh, I'll go for that. My original uh, choice, which was Richard Madden. That would be my pick right now. If I had to choose right now, today, this moment, I would say Richard Madden. I'm hoping for Tom Hiddleston. I don't think it's going to be Tom Hiddleston. I'm actually going to go out on a limb. And despite what you said, just because he, everybody loves the work that he does, I'm going to say at this point, it's going to be Henry Cavill. And again, I'm, I'm a big Henry Cavill fan. I loved him in The Tudors. Yeah. That was the first thing I saw him in The Tudors. He played a great character. He was as as enigmatic as you know King Henry VIII, and, and he kind of upstaged him a lot of the time. But um, yeah, he's a great great guy. I just love his work in The Witcher, um, and you know he's basically a great Superman. Uh, so I wouldn't be disappointed if uh, he was picked. You know who uh, we're running out of time here in the Green Jet Ski podcast, uh, but I, I will say the one name that has been floated around, Mark, that I just don't think he's got the look of James Bond is Tom Hardy. 
I've loved him in other stuff. He doesn't have the Bond look. No, he he. I love I love him in uh, everything he does. He's very much a chameleon, but uh, maybe his chameleon ability can make him a great James Bond. And you don't know, but um, interesting. He could he could make a good James Bond actually. Yeah. Let us know. By the way, I gave you my Twitter for the, for the show, Green Jet Ski Pod, or my ex, whatever. Uh, drop me a line. Let me know who you think the next James Bond should be. Well, Mark, as we leave the Green Jet Ski Podcast here, go ahead and let the listeners know how they can connect with you. What's the best way to do that? Uh, I'd say the best way is Instagram at Boba Fett ANHSE. ANHSE stands for A New Hope Special Edition. That's the easiest way to remember it. Check him out on Instagram. He's there on YouTube as well. Oh, speaking of, because I know you put them up on YouTube. Do you still uh, have you got more paintings starting to go underway? Because I know you finished that one that's next to the Millennium Falcon, which is just absolutely beautiful. Have you have n- new projects in the works with your painting? Um, not right now. Not right now. I'm I'm toying with the idea of that painting i still i'm toying with the idea of doing a blue wash over it because if oh. you watch the movie it's a nice blue kind of gel or kind of blue blueness to it yeah and i'm thinking if I did a kind of a blue ink kind of wash it would tie it together i'm just it's just such a big gamble you spent a lot of time on it i'll, I'll, I'll post a I'll post a video uh, before i do anything so if you want to look at the painting we're talking about, and it's 3PO, it's Han, and they're right there at the Millennium Falcon in The Empire Strikes Back, you want to see the painting and also some of the processes that Mark uses in getting it done, it's on his Instagram. Check it out, Boba Fett, A-N-H-S-E. Mark, thanks for stopping by, my friend, and have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we'll be talking to you in 2024. Okay, i see you then. Have a happy holiday. And may the force be with you. This is the way. Noah here on the Green Jet Ski Podcast, markanthonyaustin.com.